0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Okay, so, that's what it is. so let's talk about that. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the difference mm-hmm. between customer service mm-hmm. and customer experience. So mm-hmm. When I think customer service, um, I think of the waiter bringing me my food. Mm-hmm. If it's... Um, Something's wrong with my internet. Or whatever, I'm calling mm-hmm. a call center. That's
2: customer service. Yeah. But
1: what? How does that? Dif- how is that different? Yeah. from customer experience. So customer
2: service is usually prompted by an action. So um, if it's either problem solving or you walking into a business and uh-huh. deciding that you need to, the problem being solved is that you're hungry and you want to eat, and they're providing you with the customer <laughs> service. But then customer experience really is like. It's a relationship between the brand and the customer. And for a brand to really think about what do I want that process to be in terms of why did a customer even think about approaching my brand for my product or Mm -hmm. service, that whole end-to-end interaction is the customer experience.
1: Hey, everyone. You're listening to Item 13, a bi-weekly podcast covering everything African food, and I'm your host, Yom Tego. Every other week, we'll delve into the world of African food Chefs, curators, and bloggers. I hope you enjoy it. This week, I speak to customer experience specialist and founder of Bawoni Consult, Maureen Atebowani. After studying in Ghana and Canada, respectively, she made the permanent move to Ghana in 2015 and decided to set up her consultancy to address the lack of service quality in Ghana's hospitality industry. With a focus on food and beverage and lodging businesses, Bawani Consult provides small and medium businesses with operational consulting and related resources. Maureen spent her free time exploring Ghana's beaches, exploring wellness and self-care, and working on her passion project, Mystery Diner Ghana, an online platform where consumers can anonymously review restaurants in Ghana. I met Maureen in Accra for this fun conversation. She dropped some really good gems and customer dining experiences and insights, as well as tips for small business owners. We talked about her mystery dining project, and she shared a great software hack that I think you'll find really useful. As usual for each episode, we ended the conversation with a rapid-fire segment. I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. Here's the show. So hi, Maureen. Welcome to Item 13 Podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, Why don't we start by you telling us a little bit about yourself.
2: Okay. Um, So my name is Maureen Attebowani. I'm full Ghanaian. I was raised, actually I was born in Syria. In Syria? Wait, (laughs) I did not know that. Yes, yes. My dad works for the UN. So I was born in Syria and then um, I lived in Israel until I was 10. No way. (laughs) (laughs) And then I moved to Ghana and did um, the rest of my primary school and high school here. And then I moved to Canada from there. And then move back oh to wow! And I thought so, I'd been all over the world. Yeah, so it's been interesting, interesting moving back and forth. But, yeah. I see, mm-hmm. and Israel.
1: Yeah. Do you remember my about living in um, Israel? Or?
2: I mean, I have a good, I have good memories okay. of Israel, and um, I still have friends that live okay. there.
1: Have you been in? Not adult yet. Life? Okay. The plan
2: is next year or two. I'm gonna oh, go back. Oh, cool! Yeah.
1: I actually was there. I think like four years ago, or three there? or four years ago, like in Tel Aviv and then in Jerusalem. Yeah, and I, I lived live in, in
2: Jerusalem. Yeah. And that so is... Yeah, I still yeah. remember like my neighborhood name. <laughs> <laughs> no, day. it's funny yeah.
1: because um, when I was there, I kept hearing my name because Yom is mm. the word for day yeah. in... Hebrew in Hebrew yeah. right so walking the streets of Tel Aviv and then I kept hearing Yom Yom but people were saying good day yeah, to each yeah. other and I didn't forget yeah. that I was so so confused yeah. <laughs> it was only later that someone told me that "oh, Yom means um, day in Hebrew I guess so you moved Ga- back to Ghana mm-hmm. a couple of years
2: ago yeah
1: why why did you decide to move back?
2: I think when I moved to Canada, I always knew I would come back. Oh, um, it was just a matter of when. Okay. So I would come back once or twice a year um, to visit my family. And then as I was coming back, just like seeing how things were developing. Hmm. And I did come back in 2012 to try and move back. <laughs> <The> <laughs> and, first that <laughs> <laughs> and that was, it was interesting. It prepared me for my later yeah. move, but... I couldn't stay, like yeah. I was um, going back to Canada and then um, finally in 2015 I was like I'm gonna make the move and I just did it. Like rip the band aid off. Yeah. And how has <laughs> and it like,
1: been? How much, how much has it, how much of it has changed? And-
2: um, I mean 2012 definitely helped me because I think at that point um, things were a bit rough. <laughs> We had, we had we're deep into the doomstore stage. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Doom right. So it was really rough like adjusting then. But then when when I came back in twenty fifteen I was prepared for that. Okay. Um and then also in terms of like the work environment, I was prepared for that as well. And a lot of my friends had moved back as well. Okay. So it wasn't too much of a shock. Okay. Um it's been a slow transition. Um I gave myself about a year and a half to really get into it. So I didn't put too much pressure on myself. Um, but it's been good. Like, I'm so happy to be back. Yeah, I yeah. no
1: plans to move back no, to Canada I can't anywhere else. I see myself
2: living anywhere else. Oh, as wow. frustrating as it is sometimes, mm. like, I know I'm going to be in Ghana. Like, yeah. Cool. And then um, let's dive into today's topic okay. then. How did you end up in the world of customer experience? Okay. Um, the idea came... Initially, in 2012. When you like were here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I remember I was sitting by the pool. Nice my friends um, At La Villa, which that's is funny. one of my favorite places to go and hang out. And it was, like, me and my friend just talking about, like, you know, I'd always wanted to be in hospitality. Okay. But when I told my dad that I wanted to study hospitality management... <laughs> <laughs> like a true good you, <laughs> <laughs> you better find... Something that you can make money off of. Yeah. So he wanted me to be a doctor, a lawyer, engineer. I ended up studying law in oh. university and then decided that I didn't want to okay. practice it. So 2012, I came and that's when like I feel like the seed was sown. Okay. Um, so I, I started like looking into that, moved back, and then I worked in very customer experience and customer service heavy industries okay. um, within education and hospitality in Canada. And then by the time I moved back, I had a, a clear idea. Okay, so it was in
1: it, Canada that you sort of got the um, framework, if you will, for what customer experience is or should be. Exactly, And then match, matching it to your experience in Ghana exactly. and being like, nah.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it. And luckily, when I was in Canada, I moved to Toronto when I moved back from Ghana. Okay. And I was working in education and tourism. So what we were doing was... Um, For any international student that was entering the city of Toronto, we helped them with basically getting settled and finding homes or um, residences. And so I was exposed to a lot of different cultures as well with like the other tourism agents and a lot of students from China and like from Nigeria and from India and stuff like that. So it kind of really gave me a more diverse view of what customer experience and Mm -hmm. customer service would be or could be. Um, so coming back, I was better prepared um, okay.
1: to address the issues. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about what Bawani Consult is today. Maybe even what the name means, okay. so what it means to you,
2: what it means if there's a literal okay. meaning. So my last name is Atiba Bawani. Um, ah, so I kind of, of course, and it was okay. very weird. Like I was sleeping and I was like, I got it. So, and it's spelled differently. It's spelled with an E. Mm -hmm. um, So people confuse the pronunciation. And I really wanted it to be something that was tied to me, like the name of my company. And so I thought of Bowoni, and I changed it to an I. And then later on, I found that in Yoruba, it means like, hello, welcome.
0: So it kind of just worked out. Yeah, that works Um, out really nice. Yeah,
2: so that's where the the name came from. But Bowoni Consult initially started as a customer service. Okay. Company Like, I wanted to train in customer service mm. for different businesses in hospitality, mm-hmm. mainly. Um, but it's evolved from that <laughs> um, because I realized in the beginning that um, people or business owners weren't really that eager to invest in customer service because of a number of other issues that and we have within of, the industry, yeah. employee wow. retention being the biggest yeah. one. Um, so I've had to pivot a lot um, and focus more recently on customer experience and getting business owners to understand that it's not just a service and solving a problem it's really developing a strategy where you're thinking about the end-to-end process for your customer and your company okay so that's what it is so
1: let's talk about that let's (laughs) talk about the difference Mm -hmm. between customer service Mm -hmm. and customer experience Mm -hmm. when i think customer service um i think of the waiter bringing me my food Mm -hmm. if it's um something's wrong with my internet, or whatever I'm calling, a mm-hmm. call center, that's customer service. Yeah. But what? How does that? Dif- how is that different yeah. from customer experience?
2: So customer service is usually prompted by an action. So um, if it's either problem solving or you walking into a business and deciding uh-huh. that you need to... The problem being solved is that you're hungry and you must oh. eat and they're providing you with the customer <laughs> service. But then customer experience really is like... It's a relationship between the brand and the customer. Okay. And for a brand to really think about what do I want that process to be in terms of why did a customer even think about approaching my brand for my product or mm-hmm. service, that whole end-to-end re- interaction is the customer experience. Okay. So everything from you deciding to pick up your phone to see which restaurant you want to go to is part of the customer okay. experience, right?
1: Okay. Um, and then, so you come to Ghana, you set up Bawany consultant. Mm-hmm. How did any? You, you kind of touched on it a little bit just now in terms of pivoting several mm-hmm. times because establishments did not want to invest mm-hmm. in customer service because of problems mm-hmm. like uh, employee
2: retention.
1: Yeah. How did you convince maybe your current clients that what you're doing is worth their time and resources to put into it in terms of
2: helping their businesses mm-hmm. to do better? Um, I would say. I wasn't driven by money from the beginning, and I knew that there was a need for right. the customer experience training and customer service training um, within the industry, and even like within all, a lot of industries <laughs> yes. in Ghana. It's not just, <laughs> not just hospitality. Yeah. And so I did have to do a lot of things for free, um, oh, okay. and there were like one thing that happened was I would go in offering a service, and then my clients would ask me for something else. So I would go in for customer service training, but because we mm-hmm. had issues with employee retention, they would ask me to find the employees oh. for them. So I ended up recruiting, and then over time, people just started like associating Bawoni with rep- recruiting oh, I and see. training and finding oh, that's resources right. that Oh, because I think I've made. seen you post a few things exactly. about looking for experts. Exactly. for X. Exactly, Okay. So that's how I've had to pivot mainly within yeah. the industry. And then I think I've also been flexible as to... I try not to present myself as someone that's just selling a service, but as a resource person. Okay. So even if they had any kind of issues outside of whatever I was offering, I did offer to help yeah. them with those things. And that's how I've actually developed my client base. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So actually,
1: as you were th- speaking about that, I was thinking, are you a one-woman show then? Are you doing everything yourself?
2: I did for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> how do you do that in crazy? You a just curve. have to. like. I think when you have an idea, it's really hard to delegate, especially over... I, I'm the kind of you know person what? I, I just asked you that. a question, but I think I, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, I it's hard to, it really hard to delegate. Yeah, And if yeah. it's your, your business that's on the line, yeah. you're even a bit more scared to delegate. Because it's so your brand and it's exactly. you and you don't want anybody so else to. I had to do it a lot by myself, but over time, I've collaborated with other people. Okay. And then I've hired um, a few younger people that okay. are interested in the industry so i just hired like a really excellent intern and she's very passionate oh, about hospitality awesome. <laughs> so we can literally sit there for yeah. like two hours oh, talking nice. about hospitality yeah. but i yeah it's it's kind of like developed and like grown organically when i'm ready then someone pops up i'm like oh, okay I, I think i yeah. can work with you and then we just do the collaboration. okay and,
1: we... and then have you done um end-to-end customer <clears throat> experience Projects, if you will, for any clients in Ghana, and then what do they? Um, what's the expectation going into it, and then coming out of it? Like, what has their experience, if you
2: will, been? So, one of my yeah. earliest clients actually is um, not in hospitality per se, but it's a software company, and what they do is they provide a software that ties into points of sale and okay. marketing for businesses within hospitality and retail. And I started working with them when they were at market entry stage. So I basically developed their okay. customer experience strategy. So that's probably now. the best time to yeah, do it, right? Exactly. <laughs> Before they learn any bad habits. Exactly. Like, let's exactly. do it right from the beginning. So yeah. they were just out of beta stage. And um, I helped them basically find their clients and then kind of really develop a strategy that worked around their software. Okay. And so now they're phasing out of it. But then they have like a certain number of clients within the, like the, the market and they have a concise customer okay. experience Um, process and cycle. Um, And I think doing that at that stage, because it was market entry, gave me a further insight into what the market is here and in terms of expectations people have of what am I supposed to expect as a customer from a brand and what the brand should provide a customer in terms Mm -hmm. of the the support that they have.
1: Um, So I wanted to know, um, with regard to pricing, how do businesses think about that, especially if you're new to the market or the service that you're offering is new to Mm -hmm. your clients, right? Mm -hmm. But you're trying to show them what the value is. Mm -hmm. How do you price that also to make sure that you're not underselling yourself? Because the minute you go too low, then that's you're kind of sort of stuck Mm -hmm. in that price range, I would imagine, for a long time. But then if you're too high, you you sort of don't get the opportunity to get into the space and attract clients, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think pricing is always going to be tricky, especially... Because one of the services I was... Offered, my service is so niche. So if people don't understand the value, then you can't price it too high until they right. see the return on investment and then you can start. So that was my okay strategy. I, I knew that I had to price it a bit lower and I wasn't really targeting big companies. I was targeting small to medium-sized enterprises. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't trying to price too high. But you need to be able to kind of break down the value of the service that you're mm-hmm. offering. So if you're even selling a product people need to know that they're getting the value for their money um, and be able to, like, articulate that from the beginning. Um, so that that helps me in the beginning. And I also feel like I was lucky that I secured a retainer client very early. Oh, nice, yeah. <laughs> um, so it kind of cushioned everything yeah. else that I might have been doing for free. Okay. Yeah. Um,
1: so you talked about your target market and your target client. Yeah. Um, and I think I may have asked this a little bit, but let's ask it in a different way in terms of how you found your clients. So you said you're looking specifically at smaller companies. Mm-hmm. I don't know if for now or mm-hmm. if that's your strategy like long-term, but how do you find these clients? How do they come to you? Is so it through referrals? Like, Are you putting ads out mm-hmm. there? How, do you, how does someone think about growing a customer or yeah. client base?
2: Um, in the beginning, I did a lot of door-to-door door. like I would literally oh, walk into Korea. The business. Yeah, I was like no I need to, I need to get these people to understand that I'm serious because oh, I feel like you can see a flyer yeah you can see an ad and maybe someone might mention but no one's going to explain right, it yeah. the way you do so I would go door-to-door door, ask for the business owner if I can't get the business owner I would ask for the manager and then schedule meetings and pitch like tell them this is what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. and one thing that I always did in the beginning was I would go in and assess the business okay. Tell them the weak points that I noticed. And most of them already know that these are our weak <laughs> points. So, like, these are the solutions that I want to offer. And, like, that's honestly how I started signing up clients. And then I had, like, a lot of friends that would just talk about. Okay. Someone would be, like, complaining about issues they yeah. had in their business. Like, oh, you should talk to Maureen. You know, okay. this is what yeah. she does. And then people would call me. And it's still like that. Like, yes. people would just pick up the phone and call me. Like, can we have a meeting?
1: Yeah. That's some hustle. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Interesting. Okay, so I think this is a good time to take a short break, and then when we come back, we'll delve into specifically customer experiences in food establishments okay. in a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should see her face right now. She's like, ready to dive into this. Okay, we'll take a break, and then we'll be right back. Welcome back from <laughs> the short break. Um, so now specifically customer experiences in food establishments restaurants etc in Accra what for you are the top three customer experience challenges that you think restaurants food places in Accra have to deal with
2: Okay, so I I think for me I'll just list them and then I'll Delve sure. a bit deeper, but the first one is customer centricity. Okay. So I find that the establishment establishments aren't really making the customer the center of their okay. business. Everyone's opening a restaurant and maybe they have like different kind of food, but how are they really making the customer the forefront of their business? That's really something that I look out for when I'm going to different like even with my clients, yeah. I ask them, are you creating a customer loyalty program yeah. so that your customers are coming back? Are you thinking That's a about good point. I customer don't think retention? I know.
1: Any place. In there's a well, few. Vida. Vida does. Yeah, and I think um,
2: Cafe Quai something. also does it. Oh, they yeah. do, actually. And there's a few places that do it. I mean, Vida yeah. is the one that in Second Cup yeah. does it. The coffee shops generally have their cards. Because yeah, easy to Yeah, <laughs> But they're not collecting customer data. And so with customer centricity, like you're collecting that data and generating insights. Okay. Um, and then you can actually track your customer's buying behavior. Mm-hmm. And that puts you in the best place okay. to develop your customer experience. Okay. Um, the second thing is education. And it's two-sided, because (laughs) in as much as the business owners are not really educating themselves on the customer, the customers are not educating (laughs) themselves on what they should be getting from their businesses. And my bottom line when I'm talking to anyone is like, you are spending money that you worked hard for, you should be able to demand a certain type of service, or customer service, or customer experience. Um, So education is also a really big challenge, and I find... um, if you don't... Like, one of the things that I spoke about on, like, my blog was um, service charge and what it means. Yeah. And people just think that service charge is on their receipt and they have to pay it. But you're paying for good service. Yeah. Like, you're literally saying, I had good service some today. Some people
1: can make you feel very bad about that.
2: <laughs> I mean, I've been to a place
1: in Accra, I name, where the service was terrible. Mm-hmm. So I didn't... I wasn't going to leave a tip and I was yeah. leaving the... The waiter stopped me and said, oh, madam, by the way, it's customary to leave like five, two to five CD." And I'm like, That's you don't easy. ask me for a tip. Yeah. I give you a tip exactly, exactly because you gave me good
2: service, yeah. right? But see, that, that begs the question. Are the business owners telling them that this is what it is? Oh, and it's it's so like really deep rooted because you also have to wonder our business do they is there a model for the tips right so are they putting all their tips in the tip jar and sharing and it sharing. at the end of the night or is the business owner taking a majority of the tips and not giving it to the service right and I
1: also thought at least from my experience living outside the country in the U S specifically I should say that the tip system is also part of um, waiters and waitresses wages mm-hmm. and they don't pay them. As much as they should, mm-hmm. and they expect that they make up for that with tips, yeah. and so then the waiters and waitresses go out of yeah, their way to give you exceptional service yeah, exactly. to get the tips. Mm-hmm. But here, I feel like it's not part of that structure, right? I, I don't know how well or not people in the service industry are being paid, but I don't think tips are being considered or into factored into into, yeah. Into,
2: yeah. into their ultimate. I mean, I do know a few establishments that have really good tip systems. But like I said, it's education. Right. And the edu- the issue with education stems from how educated the waiters themselves are before they start working mm-hmm. with these establishments and being able to train them because they might not be as well educated. Okay. Um, this, if, is their skill development within the establishment? So that's something that really factors into okay. the challenges yeah. in the food industry. And then finally, I think people are very complacent and <laughs> mediocre. We've accepted <laughs> mediocrity. <laughs> in this society it's like you you go to a place and you know that it's not the best service but it's better than this other yeah. place so I'm gonna still go there even though they could ramp up their service right. or their food quality we've just kind of gotten so complacent accepted yeah that accepted that this is what it's going to be exactly
1: I always 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 tell my husband likes this um Wache place mm-hmm. in Adabraka. I mean, it's not fine. I mean, it's yeah. like a stall. She has her Wache. But she's really, really popular. Mm-hmm. And so you go there. She opens at 12. You go there at 11.15 and people are already lining up. And I think, one, because she knows people will show up no matter what. no matter what. <laughs> she takes her time. She moves so slowly. She's not friendly or polite. Mm-hmm. And then people also have accepted it that, oh, this is... Quote unquote, the best wife mm-hmm. that is in this part of the city, this part of the town. And so I'm going to wait one hour while mm-hmm. she decides to do whatever. And it's just like you said, we've just accepted yeah. it as this is the way it should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, she could have a better sister. Yeah she's decided I've I've had this business for a while I'm not going to have other people serving me and there's space for her to have at least two other people but I think she also wants to have that control (laughs) exactly so you're waiting for an hour when you literally could be waiting for 15 minutes because she wants to
2: completely control the experience quote unquote and I mean that's a typical example of the difference in customer service and customer experience because the customers have associated that behavior with the brand so they don't expect anything else and they're fine with it I mean, granted, it could be better, but <laughs> everyone is like, okay, I'm still gonna is, pay yeah. and this is what I want. But customer service would be just okay. Well, this is the problem now. Let me solve it and like not think about okay. it anymore. So it's really that expectation as if, like with the right. brand. That's what customer experience is. Okay.
1: Interesting. So on the flip side, I know we've talked a lot about what's wrong <laughs> with customer experience across. So let's try to look at the other end and see what, like, from your perspective, what's working well. And I'll tell you an experience I had. Earlier this morning, at a new place in Accra, I I don't know if I should mention the name of <laughs> it or not. Um, no, it was a good experience, so it's it's not a knock on the establishment. But I think on the flip side, some places try almost too hard. Where for me, I find it to be almost uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So you walk in and like. They all, all the waiters and waitresses rush on you mm. and they come to your table, they check every five minutes, <laughs> they're standing in the corner like all watching you, I, I feel uncomfortable eating because I know they're standing there like mm. ready for your next move and I understand they've been like I've seen on social media that oh we're closed for training so mm. I know they're training their people, mm-hmm. they want, it's a new place so yeah. I know they want to be top notch mm-hmm. but like how much is too much <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Oh, that's such a tricky question um I mean, I mean the fact that you're saying that they're training is good because you really have to also assess the kind of customers that you have coming in. You know, you might go into one establishment and you want that kind of attention, and then you might go to another one where it's more casual and you just want to go yeah. in, have your coffee or whatever, and then leave and yeah. not have too much interruption, And especially if it's like an environment where people are talking. Right. So if you're going to a coffee shop where people are having meetings, you need to train your staff to know that you can't interrupt a business meeting <laughs> because you want to deliver yeah. excellent <laughs> customer service. But it's really also being able to train your staff and give them that little amount of leash to be able to make that decision by themselves because not every customer is the same. Right. And some people want that attention. So it's getting them to the point point where they can be almost autonomous in providing the service that you want them to provide. So yeah, it's a tricky question. (laughs) But yeah, I mean... And
1: and I'll say, because you mentioned Cafe so I'll say I also go to Cafe Quiet quite a bit to mm -hmm. work. And I think they found the right balance mm-hmm. where now when I walk, because I go there so much, mm-hmm. when I walk in, there's a particular waitress mm-hmm. that knows me because mm-hmm. I'm there all the time. And I think she's found the right balance. Mm-hmm. Like As soon as I walk in, she knows she knows I'm coming to work because mm-hmm. I'm carrying my laptop, all of that stuff. So she finds, she'll literally take me to a table where there's a socket. Mm-hmm. She knows I'll be comfortable with, she knows I bring so many things. <laughs> she yes. gives me a big enough table. There's a socket and all of that good stuff. She brings me the menu right away nine times out of ten she'll ask me if I'm getting the same thing nine times out of ten I'll get the same thing Um, and then she leaves me she's not hovering she's not she knows like we've kind of gotten into this rhythm and I think they've they found that balance Mm -hmm. right of like providing service but not being intrusive right so there's, there's a good there's a good balance to be had um Let's switch gears now about your passion project, which I think is kind of tied into what your day job is. So you run Mystery Diner Ghana. Can you tell us a little bit about what that
2: is? Okay, so Mystery Diner Ghana is basically an online review platform. Um, We have a lot of food bloggers, which I love, but I realized that I had a lot of friends coming to me and providing feedback about different establishments Mm -hmm. that they went to, and I was like, Okay, well, I can't go to every single person yeah. and be like, this is what someone said about your establishment. So I created Mystery Diner. Um, you can simply go online through our social media platforms and submit a review on your phone. And it's completely anonymous. I don't know who sends in the reviews. Right. And sometimes people just like kind of <laughs> snitch on themselves. <laughs> like, did you get my review? And I'm like, I didn't know who yeah. sent it. But the premise is that you should be able to give free, honest feedback Mm. and not feel like someone might spit in your food because you told someone (laughs) about, like, you gave them negative feedback. And I think that's one of the things, like, um, we're just kind of, as a society, we're kind of a bit hesitant to go to a manager. And we're not sure what kind of response we're going to get from the managers or the business owners or even the wait staff about something being wrong with our food. So we just pay and we leave. But, um, so yeah, I started it and it's kind of, grown by, right. by itself yeah. I think people have things to say about where they're <laughs> eating and businesses are paying a bit more attention right. to it because they know I think some businesses the owners aren't there all the time and the wait staff starts to slack off or something might exactly. happen you see the reviews and yeah. like oh my god thank you for letting me know about that so that was mystery okay. that's how yeah it I've used it myself since I've been in Accra the last couple of weeks and I love
1: it <laughs> I feel like it's now sort of the highlight of my dining oh, experience awesome. yeah, yeah like I go in I'm like, okay, I'm looking out for all these things. Because I think the first time I filled it out, like I, didn't, I didn't look ahead to see what mm. the questions will be. But now that I sort of have an idea, mm. I'm looking at this, like when I'm walking in, like mm. what it looks like on the outside. Mm. Things I didn't pay attention to yeah. or notice before, but I know like oh, I'm going to have to wait. This and <laughs> this and this. So let me think through that. But, I mean, do you think Ghanaians care that much about all of that, though? Or do you think, like
2: with my um, Wachi example, they just want their food and done? I think Ghanaians are beginning to care. Um, also, like, we've seen, like, since 2012, the progression in terms of options when it comes to dining out. Yeah. We have so many <laughs> options now. I think there was maybe one or two coffee shops when I was here in 2012, and now we have Second Cup, we have vidae We have, like, just too many options. Yeah. So... That's also creating a lot of competition within the marketplace, right? So customers can go to one place and have a really good experience. And if they go to another place and it's bad, they're going to talk about yeah. it because someone else can do it better. And so, social media too, I guess. Exactly. Media Twitter is, <laughs> is the best place. <laughs> Twitter will let you have it. For whatever yeah. You, yeah. So I do think people care. Um one like you said, when you first did the mystery diner assessment, you there were a lot of things that you weren't paying attention to. And that's one of the the pillars of mystery right. diner. Like we want people to know that if they're going into an establishment, it's just not about the food. Yeah. It's about <laughs> everything. Like is the table clean when right. you get there? Did someone reach you? Yeah. Was your receipt correct? Little that things was like a that. Good question. That was you have like, to pay uh. attention to. And businesses are really starting to think, Okay, well, if someone are you are they even giving you receipts? Right. I mean you should get a receipt, but they're starting to like ramp up their service and their food quality mm-hmm. and stuff because they're getting that feedback and people are not holding back. There's some reviews, <laughs> I read them and I'm like, my heart is So do you, pop,
1: do you publish them like? I have then, to. Okay. Because I can't
2: compromise the integrity of yeah. it. And it's a, it's a, the review is there for a reason. Okay. I think there's always going to be the question of someone like sending in a review to ramp up their business right. and stuff. But overall, I feel like the reviews we've gone have been very honest. Right. And we've had businesses come back and ask if they could like, give a refund to the customer. But I can't even no, do that because yeah, I don't you know don't who know the customer who. is. Right. Um, so we know that they're paying attention to it and that over time, as people do it more and more, it's going to be even more credible and more legitimate. No, that's good. Industry, yeah. I mean,
1: I think it's good that they are, it sounds like for the most part, are reacting in a positive yeah. way. Because I'm not sure how, I don't know if you've had any business owners because of really bad
2: reviews kind of. In the beginning, that was one of my fears. Um, I was actually scared that I didn't... Because it's tied so much to what I do. I didn't want to let anyone know I was behind it. Oh. So for like, I think the first six months, no one knew I was behind it, but like my close friends. But then I also realized that the businesses should have an opportunity to respond to right, stuff and yeah. they need to contact someone. And so I just kind of dealt with it. But luckily, it's been pretty positive, like 98%. Yeah. <laughs> um and I think when you have enough reviews from, like, one establishment, you begin to see trends. Yeah. So there's one establishment in particular that has really good reviews for their food, but their service is consistently okay. bad. And you can't say that there's a lie in. Right. Yeah. several people are saying the same thing. So I try to send the reviews to business owners, like, oh, okay, this, is. Is, this okay. is what's coming out. Um, just wanted to give you a heads up and let them know that we're not trying to shame right. and like bash any business. We're really just trying to give them the opportunity to see what their customers think about what they're providing okay. them.
1: No, well, that's really cool. Like, I've enjoyed using it a lot. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> one more thing to my dining experience um, so you run your consultancy firm mm-hmm. you're doing this mystery dining thing like how do you find time to take care of yourself mm-hmm. and like I've been in now for a couple of weeks and I'm just like between the traffic yeah. and the heat and all of that stuff
2: I mean, how do you I find think... a quiet oasis So how do, how do you self care I guess mm-hmm. so I mean unfortunately and in a roundabout way fortunately for me like I lost during that year that I started my business I lost my mom Oh my and I'm it so was sorry. <laughs> and it was such a pivotal moment and experience oh. for me because starting a business is hard enough yeah and then going through that was also very hard oh but goodness. it made me really realize how important it is to take care of yourself so I don't play about my free time yeah. like my Sundays if I have to go to the pool <laughs> even if I have deadlines I'm going to the pool and I've just really focused so much on like your productivity, your productivity is affected by how well you're doing yeah. as an individual. So I tap into how I'm feeling on a daily basis, and I do a lot of meditation and really just like inflection, like okay, is everything going well? How right. am I feeling about this? I'm a beach lover, so I go to the beach <laughs> as much as often. And then um, I do a weird thing called uh, uh, personal inventory days. I Can you tell us us a
1: little bit about that?
2: It's really kind of changed my life. (laughs) um, It's basically one day dedicated to taking stock of what you want to improve on with yourself and also taking the time to, you know, pat yourself on the back. So for the last month, yeah, you set your goals and figure out what challenges you Mm -hmm. had. Like I include... Prayer points, yeah. things I want to pray about, things I want to develop. If I want to save, this is how much I want to save the next month. And every month I go back to that. And so I've been doing it for like about the last six months. And you can really see how you're oh, my changing goodness. and progressing yeah. as an individual. That sounds so like a really to, like, intentional
1: yeah. way of like living your life. You have to be intentional. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: That's fantastic. Yeah.
1: Oh, wow. That's a good tip for me. Too. <laughs> Okay, so before we transition to the rapid fire section, can you let us know where people can find you online? If, it, if it's businesses that
2: are looking for your services, mm-hmm. or people want to try mystery dining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I'm on all social media platforms: Twitter, Facebook, and um, Instagram, as Bowoni Consults for my business. If you want any kind of uh, assessment or training, you can you can contact me through social media, and then. Um, for Mystery Diner, I'm also on Facebook, social media, and Twitter, Mystery Diner Ghana. Okay. And I'm there. Yeah.
1: All right, and then we'll have that in the show notes for those who are looking to either work with Maureen or rate your own restaurants and <laughs> cafes as you go about your dining in Accra. Uh, so this is the final section of the interview my hopefully <laughs> favorite part of the interview too we're going to do some questions and then you tell me off the top of your head mm-hmm. what the answer is so you can love it if you want okay. but you don't have to and then we'll just go on to the next thing because this is a food a Ghanaian <laughs> well African food in general but because we're in Ghana today we'll start with a question you should expect <laughs> Ghana Jalof or Niger Jalof? Oh, for, oh, come
0: on. No, definitely Ghana
1: Jalof. Okay. If my life depended on it. yeah. Buffet or a la carte?
2: A la carte. Swallow or rice? Swallow.
1: Red wine or white wine?
2: White wine, for sure. You know what? Actually, rosé. Oh. Rosé girl. Okay. So that's even like
1: a blend. Like I can't even... Oh, yeah. that's
2: a good good yeah. answer. Good answer. Coffee or tea? It used to be coffee. <laughs> when I lived in Canada, it was coffee. But I'm definitely a tea, herbal tea person okay. now. For sure. Uh, dining or takeout? Oh, that's so tricky. It depends on my mood. Okay. I, I'm a homebody, so I like to like, take out. But takeout
1: must be hard. In, or maybe not takeout, but delivery is hard in a crowd. That's I'm, a whole different uh, issue. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so pick up. Okay. Uh, morning person or night person? Night person. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Your biggest pet
2: peeve? Lying. Oh. Yeah. I have a really big thing of lying. <laughs> like, don't ever let me catch you. Ah,
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then your favorite African restaurant anywhere in the world doesn't have to be in Ghana. African restaurant. Like, where they're having local, like, African
2: food. You know what? In Ghana, I would just say in Ghana, my favorite is living room. Oh, actually, I, that's a good one. Because I, I find a lot of people well. say buka. And Buga fine, but living room I find consistently okay. I like, actually and they have been like all sorts well. of different, yeah. yeah. Have you been to um, Asmara? I have, but it was a while ago. Okay, I haven't been, in but a like in terms time. of well, variety. So variety, price points, um, oh, yeah. there's always Asmara. so much to choose from. Okay, yeah, definitely oh, living room. I haven't room. been in a while, yeah. wow, that's Should a go. good reminder. Yeah. To check <laughs> it out.
1: Um, okay, well, thank you so much thank for your time. You for I had so much fun. Who Yeah, it was so much fun talking about customer experience. This was great, Um, and yeah, hopefully this was also insightful for you. I loved it. All right, thanks, thanks. guys. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Item Thirteen, an Essence Thirteen production. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. To keep up to date on news and events from Essence Thirteen, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Essence and the number 13. Thank you.